We live in a globalised world. In many ways, this has brought us together. But at times, it threatens to pull us apart, especially when racial and political tensions are running high. How can you navigate these issues and minister successfully in a climate of increasing diversity? We're about to have a conversation with Dr. Charles Tapp, the first African-American pastor in a large influential church located in the greater Washington DC area. Our topic is Ministering in Diversity. You're watching Ministry in Motion. Charles, what are some of the challenges of pastoring an extremely diverse congregation? That is a very good question and I say that because I always say to my congregation that our biggest asset is our diversity, but our greatest challenge is also that diversity. Our particular church has probably over a hundred different people groups wow. that are represented. So you can imagine the different challenges that that presents, but one of the ways in dealing with that is simply being biblical, being practical, letting people know that you care. You know, I love what Teddy Roosevelt, one of the former presidents of the United States says that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. So my goal in going into this particular congregation was not to be the first African-American pastor, but it was to go in to be a pastor that let this congregation know, first of all, that I cared for them. But one of the things that I did have uh, that was an advantage to me was because I served at this particular church several years ago as an associate pastor. So they kind of had an idea, you know, of who I was. They knew for the most part who they were getting, but that still didn't erase many of the challenges, you know, that I was confronted with going in because I, I was not naive. Mm, you know, mm. we live in the world, the church is part of the world. So some of the same issues and challenges that our world faces, the church faces those same kinds of challenges. Yeah, so, you know. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but is, is it sometimes a case of you, you can walk into conflict almost mm -hmm. innocently because almost of the... Definitely. Because of the, the cultural culture. differences, yeah. and, you, and you have to understand what they are. So one of the things that I did was just to let people know that I cared. So I would get involved with different, you know, people groups that were there. Some of the activities that they would get involved with, some of the socials, some of the foods. I think I gained several pounds <laughs> after the first couple of months. And when they discovered that I was just like anybody else, you know. I may not have been from India, but I love samosas. Yeah. Uh, I love the, the culture, the cultural mix of this particular congregation. And they finally got the idea that I didn't go there to lift up the African-American pastor. Mm -hmm. You know, as Jesus says, you lift me up. Yeah. And I will draw all men, not to you, but to myself. So my goal is not to be a black pastor or a white pastor, whatever the case may be. My goal is simply a pastor who lifts up Christ and allows Christ to draw others, not to me, the pastor. I'm just the conduit. Yeah. I'm just the vehicle, but to draw people 
to him. Yeah. You know, in, in my pastoral experience, I had a, an experience where planting a new church mm -hmm. and quite a significant group in the church, English wasn't their second language. Right. Actually, English wasn't their language. Right, right. And yet they loved people yeah. in a beautiful way that transcended language. Right. And they loved me as the pastor as well. Yeah. It, was, it was a lovely experience. Because they recognized that you cared. You know, yeah. one of my favorite quotations from the Minister of Healing, I believe it is, by Ellen White, page 143, she says, Christ's method alone will bring success in reaching people. And a lot of times when we read that, we think that she's talking about those outside beyond the walls of the church. But that principle works well within the context of the local congregation, especially if you've got such a diverse congregation like we do at Sligo Church. But she said that he had sympathy with people, he met their needs, he had compassion for them, and then he said, come and follow me. So I learned very quickly that I had to let people know that I cared, that I sympathized with them. When they cried over the loss of a loved one, I went to the home, I went to the funeral, even if I'm not conducting yes. the funeral, because we have a large staff of about seven pastors, so I don't always have to do every funeral, every wedding, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So even if I'm not leading out in the service, I'm there, I'm, I'm at the burial site. And that speaks, doesn't it? Of course, because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it's not that they forget that I'm a black, pastor, then I'm an African-American pastor, or the first African-American senior pastor at this particular church, but it's not an issue. Yeah. And honestly, there have been some that it was an issue for, mm. not because of anything that I necessarily brought to the table, but because for them, where they were in their growth process, that's not something that they could, you know, deal with and feel comfortable with, and that was fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know when, when you look at culture in mm -hmm. terms of just the, the secular sense, right. if, and I'm sure you, you're familiar with this, where if a person has a, an original culture right. and then they move to a, a right. second country, right. there's right. the second culture, well, they end up being a, a third culture person. That's correct. Uh, could it be that your church, in a sense, mm -hmm. has a unique culture in much the same way an individual has, can have a third culture. Now, that, that makes a lot of sense, and even especially with the children. You know, they have old world parents, but they're brought up in this new world, and they have challenges not just within the church, but they have challenges within their own homes, which creates another set of difficulties and another set of problems that you've got to work through because the children, they're Americanized, mm. and they see things completely differently than their parents do who are from another country, a native land. Yeah. yeah. Now, you've got a very high profile, Charles, and I think everyone would know that the church that we're talking about is Sligo. Sligo, right. And, you know, in, in the Seventh-day Adventist denomination, mm -hmm. there's kind of the dime tabernacle and then there's Sligo. <laughs> and you're the, we mentioned it before, that right. you're the first African-American pastor there. Right. How, how is it to be that first one there <laughs> in, in such a historic yeah. Adventist kind of, because this is Tacoma Park, and, right, and right, for viewers, right, right. Th this is yeah. downtown Seventh-day Adventist. That's correct, that's correct. You, you know, like that's there's, correct. there's no more downtown than that. Right, right. So 
how is it being such a profiled African-American pastor in that community, yeah. in that church, and being the first to do it? This uh, is Neil Armstrong sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it, it really wasn't a big deal for me. I think it was a bigger deal for individuals outside of the church, even some of my comrades in ministry. It was a big deal for them. You know, I got many calls and texts and emails from all over the globe. Man, is, is, is this a rumor? Is this right? Is this the truth? But I went in, as I said before, I had served this congregation before for about three years as their pastor for young adults. Here's the thing about working with youth and young adults. When they get older and they're looking for a pastor, you're probably on that list. So I didn't go in as someone that was unknown mm. to the congregation. They knew who I was yeah. you know, to a large degree. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, I didn't go in going, <coughs> I am now the first <laughs> African-American pastor. Staking a flag. Exactly. Here yeah. at this church. I just went in. I'm back at Sligo. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be here. And I don't know how long we're going to be together, but I'm just looking forward to working alongside you and working with you. And I'm sure in many senses it was like going home because once you've been it a was. pastor of a church, it was. to go back to a former church. Our children grew up there. Yeah. You know, they yeah. were young uh, when we were there for the first time. You know, our time has flown by. We've mm -hmm. looked at cultural diversity. Mm -hmm. There's a conversation I'd love to have with you about spiritual diversity. Ah, okay. Where people have been in the faith for decades right, right. and you're ministering to new people right. and they're hearing the same communication. Right. So that's what I'd like to come back to after this break. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is Ministering in Diversity and our guest, Dr. Charles Tapp. Now, Charles, when you're at Sligo Church, mm -hmm. it's, there's a big, it's a university campus. Right, it's right, the main church. Right. You've got a lot of diversity culturally That's within right. the congregation. Then you've got this spiritual diversity within the church itself. Right. But at Sligo Church, there's even an extra dimension to this. And it That's is right. a frightening dimension for some <laughs> because... The university where you are has a right. very high-profile radio station, That's WGTS. Correct. Number two in the nation, I believe it is. Yeah. Number two Christian radio station right. in the nation. So when you preach right. your main weekend sermon, mm -hmm. it not only goes to a spiritually diverse congregation, right. it's going out to, to a the world. Yeah. 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 And, and to... Washington's no Bible Belt city. You better believe it. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of diversity, spiritual diversity, right. that's hearing your sermons every right. week. Now, a pastor in a local church has that element of diversity right. too, where you've got new people perhaps there for the first time hearing the message. How is it preaching to mature Christians right. and also to new people? For the first time. How do you do it? That is a very good question. One of the things that we discovered early on, and let me just give a little background to this. Early in the day, the entire service was broadcast over the radio, but of course that's changed over time. And we've now packaged it to a 30-minute broadcast, which includes the message and some commercials that we insert at the beginning and at the end.
Mm -hmm. When we were trying to come up with a name for this broadcast, uh, we couldn't call it the Sligo Church Service. <laughs> you know, who would listen to that? So I was sitting down with our producer one day, and I said, you know, however we frame this, the phrase for life has to be in there, you know, because that's what it's all about. It's for life. And then he said, yeah, but then you have to have truth or word in there somewhere because this is about the word of God. And then I said to him, you know what, what about simple truths for life? And that's how we frame this. So when I get up to preach, it's about making it simple, which means practical for life, the word of God, and how it fits into everyday life. So if it's biblical, which it has to be, mm, mm. but then also practical, and that's how Jesus basically taught, then it not only resonates with your local congregation, but we've discovered that it resonates with our radio community as well. And it's a big community. We're finding out, you know, each and every day just how big this community is. We received uh, a phone call about three months ago from a woman who lived locally, I think in the Silver Spring area somewhere, who had been listening to Simple Truths for Life for three years. And she called to ask, now listen to this, yeah. if she could be baptized. Wow. Can you believe that? because she had been listening to Simple Truths for Life for three years, having no idea that you could tune into the entire service, you know, online over the internet, which she started doing. Mm. But she came to the church and we baptized her. And she's not the only one. We've had several who have been brought into, you know, the, the house of God, the kingdom of God, as a means through this radio ministry, Simple Truths for Life, because number one, it's biblical. Mm -hmm. We're lifting up Christ, but they see it as practical. That's that's a let's not lose that because I think that's so important, biblical, yeah. and practical, and practical, yeah. and it can be both. Yeah, yeah. And, and let me affirm you. And it too. should be. Yeah, let me affirm you because I'm an ordained pastor, <laughs> and there are times when I've heard you right. on the radio, right? And I've got it. You you spoke to me. Oh, praise God! For you, that. you know, I was blessed by hearing you. Right. That's why you're on this program, because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted wanted others to right. to, to learn the principles right. that, that you have, and and to know that not only are you speaking to people right. that are familiar and down the path of the right. the Christian walk in a sense, and I'm I'm trying to say that in a humble way, right. but reaching new hearts. But being practical, first of all, the listener wants to know what difference, what impact has this word for life had in your life? So if I'm just getting up exposing truths, you know, it may be truthful, it may be biblical, but if it's not practical, if it's not packaged in a way where people can say, you know what, understanding about the nature of God makes sense. And now I understand that God doesn't just love but his character is love and how that can impact my life because now I can view God from a completely different point of view. And just sharing my own life and my own personal experience and how the word has impacted me helps it to become practical. Yeah. Now, as, as well as being biblical mm -hmm. and practical, when you're preparing your messages, right. is there something else special that you might do realizing the diversity of the spiritual diversity right. of your, your listening and hearing audience. There are times I will come up with a different story, a different antidote that I know will resonate okay. with a particular people group. And because of our radio audience, they don't have the opportunity to see 
what's going on. Some things may get lost, you know, in the translation. So I have to be very sensitive to that when I'm not just preaching, but when I'm constructing the actual message itself, knowing that it's just not the local congregation in front of me that is listening to this, but there's a congregation in the air yeah. that is also listening. And if I'm not descriptive enough, they may miss the point altogether. You know, it's such a wonderful opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. There's people there that may not go anywhere near a church, but they're, they're wistfully looking toward heaven. That's correct. Wondering. That's correct. And, and your voice, your ministry is there for them. The radio is their church. You have individuals, and we have never asked for money, but they will give. Wow. Because one gentleman told us from Utah, you know, he sent a check just two weeks ago. You know, <laughs> and he said, this is my church. Wow. This is where I go to church. And this is what we have to understand as a local church, that it's bigger than what's within the walls. You know, our theme for Sligo Church for this year and beyond is just that, to go beyond the walls. Yeah. So even on Sabbath morning, when I get up and speak to the congregation, I'm also speaking to another congregation, not just the radio congregation, but the online internet, web-based congregation. And that's so we have to address them as well. Yeah. When we come back after this break, we're going to explore with Dr. Charles Tapp how you can have your own media ministry so that you're speaking beyond the walls of your congregation out to a larger community. Stay right there. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is Ministering in Diversity and our guest, Dr. Charles Tapp. Now, Charles, what advice would you give to a pastor, mm -hmm. a ministry leader, maybe a volunteer that, right. that is sensing a, a call from God mm -hmm. that they should have their voice heard <laughs> using media beyond? Right. Right. What, what would you be saying and encouraging them to, to pray about and to consider? First of all, and I'm being very truthful when I say this. If I can do this, anybody. Charles, you're, you're gifted and you've got a voice that I wish I had. <laughs> Seriously, if I can do this, anybody can do this. Let me, let me tell you why. When I was a child, I stuttered. You're kidding me. No, I had a serious stuttering problem. I could not pronounce letters, or words rather, that began with the letters L. M or N. And I'll never forget my mom asking me one day to go next door and ask our neighbor for some bread. And I would go to the home, and I knocked on the door, and while I'm waiting for them to come, I'm practicing what I'm going to say. And it went something like this. Mother said. And I would be patting my leg at the same time while I'm trying to get this out. To add uh, insult to injury, I also had a very high, extremely high-pitched voice as a child, so much so that when someone would call our home and ask for my mother and I would answer the phone, they would say, hello, Mrs. Tapp, and I'm not exaggerating. I'm sitting here stunned, Charles. No. I, my mouth, I can feel my mouth hanging open. But I'm telling you the honest truth. But one day, I would never forget it, I stood in front of the mirror and I asked God, I said, God, one day, I would love to be in radio. I would love 
to be a radio announcer. I would even take a hairbrush back in the day when I had hair. And I would stand in front of the mirror and use this brush acting like it was a microphone. And I would, mm, mm. but one day I woke up and I went to my mother's bedroom and I knocked on the door and she said, come in. And I said, good morning, mom. And she looked like this. She said, what's wrong with you? And I said, what are you talking about? My voice went from here to down here overnight. And the stuttering problem was gone as well. And I've had the opportunity from the time I was in college to work in radio at our you know, university station at Oakwood, to work at radio stations in Michigan, in New York, to do work in other countries, to even build media programs, as we were talking earlier offline, mm. uh, in Jamaica. So when I say anybody can do this, they can, because little becomes much when you place it in God's hands. It's as though the Lord has placed a coal from the altar on your Of course lips. he has. And he can do the same thing with anyone else. It's not about having the, the talent or having the knowledge. Anybody can gain the knowledge. Mm. But it's about having God place his hand on your life. And he placed his hand on my life back when I was a child. And if it had not been for that, I would not be talking with you today. Wow. So let's just cover these points. So... If you can do it, anybody. Any can. Secondly, make yourself available to God. That's correct. You know, and be led by God. What else would you say to somebody who's interested in getting into media? Well, just start wherever you are. You know, one of the greatest things known to man is the internet. Go online. Have a online presence. Go to YouTube. Have a Facebook page. Just create some blogs on your own. But probably the greatest thing that you can do is acknowledging the gifts that God has placed in your hand. Proverbs 18, 16 says, a man's gift make room for him and brings him before great men. Mm. So whatever gift I have, it doesn't matter what it is, if I use it to the glory of God, God will use it to open doors. For me, it happens to be radio and media, and it's opened the door for us to even be here today. For someone else, it may be something completely different. But just understand that God has given all of us gifts to be used to build his kingdom. Give that gift back to God, and there's no telling what God will do with it. Exactly. So this was something that you were eager to do, mm -hmm. but it's something that you weren't, what would you say, um, driven by ambition or anything like this? Not at all. This, this was something that you just wanted to be a, a tool in God's hand. But, but think about it. I did not have the equipment to do it, meaning yeah. the voice or being able to speak to mm -hmm. actually do what I'm now doing. It was God who brought that. So all I did, I had, you know, I was willing. Yeah, yeah. And God takes your willingness. Yeah. Let's explore more about your, your equipping for this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what else do you think has, has equipped you for the, the ministry that you have? Well, the multicultural aspect of the ministry. When I was in college, I had an opportunity during the summer to work in several multicultural congregations. I remember the first time I did it was in California. It blew me away. I had never really been introduced to that kind of environment, to that kind of setting before. And I, I remember saying at the end of that summer, wow, this was great, having no idea 
that as a student in college, fast forwarding years later, that I would have an opportunity to pastor several multicultural congregations, but God knew. Mm -hmm. And he was preparing me back then, allowing me to become open to the idea. And as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, it's not about being an African-American pastor, a Caucasian pastor, a Filipino pastor. It's about being a pastor who lifts up Christ. And if I lift him up, and if you lift him up, all people will be drawn to him. And it's not my job to do the drawing. I just do the lifting. Yeah. Charles, that's a wonderful testimony, you know. And thank you for your ministry. Thank you for how you've spoken to my heart, you know, being a listener, WGTS at times, and also to the, the greater Washington, to Utah. Yeah. And, you know, I've even heard of uh, troops serving yeah. in the, the United States yeah. in far-flung fields yeah. listening to your messages Even as the well. White House. Wow, wow. Even the White House listens. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, we, we're familiar with stories in the Bible about servant girls being right. in big places and having an impact. Right. You know, we've got Charles Tapp and his ministry and others as well. And there are a lot of Charles Tapps out there. Praise God. And if I can say this, we need more of them. Well, praise God. Yeah. Thank you very much, Charles. It's been a real pleasure having you on the program. Thank you. I've enjoyed it immensely. So let's recap the main points from the program. First of all, we learnt that our greatest asset is diversity and also our greatest challenge is diversity. We also found that people need to know that you care. Lifting up Jesus breaks down cultural barriers. And also make your presentations simple, biblical and practical. We also found that make yourself available to God is very significant and start where you are. Thanks so much for joining us on Ministry in Motion.